Hi filmmakers, Jason Brubaker with Filmmaking Stuff where we show you how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. I'm talking to you from sunny Southern California and I'd like to welcome you to the show. If you were listening last week, I'd reached out and I said, hey, I'm looking for ideas for my next podcast. I want to help you achieve whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. And so if you need me to focus on a particular question that has you stuck, then simply email me, jason at filmmakingstuff.com with that question. And I have gotten quite a few questions, and I'm going to do my best uh, in the coming podcasts. You know, like I said, it's not going to be every week, but in coming podcasts, I'm going to do my best to answer your questions, assuming I haven't already answered them like 15 times in other podcasts. Um, today's question is kind of unique, and it's something I really haven't tapped into, but I know that it's a growing question because working in film distribution, I'm getting similar questions all the time. And in particular, this question comes from um, a listener named Shad. Uh, shout out to Shad. Thank you for the question. Uh, but the question is, what are your thoughts and advice on the distribution of web series? Interesting, right? Web series. Now, those of you that are out there, you've probably played around with web series or you probably heard of people doing web series. Um, so let me just give you a little bit of background and, and let me give you a point of view from you know my perspective where I'm working full-time in film distribution and how we think of web series as a distributor. And through all of this, it's gonna help you really frame um, your goals for your own particular web series in, in terms of what you wanna achieve. So let's start at the start. A few years ago, I worked for a company called Chill. Uh, we were backed by William Morris Endeavor and quite a few other big players. And we got behind uh, this, this film called Camp Dakota. It was a campy camp comedy starring three famed YouTubers. And these YouTubers, when you put them together, had a combined reach of pretty close to, I believe it was like two or three million subscribers. It was a substantial number. And our big hypothesis was, I bet if we put YouTubers in a film, we're going to be able to capture a certain percentage of that audience and uh, generate some revenue. And suffice it to say, Camp Dakota was produced, it went out into the marketplace, and it, and it did pretty well for, you know, based on the budget, based on the scale of the film, it, it did some good business. So, now you see companies like Lionsgate getting behind YouTubers and famed YouTubers and starting to create content around these people that can bring an audience to a buy now button. And that's really what we're talking about here. The reason why you would cast Johnny Depp um, or Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt in a major motion picture is because they can get butts in the seats and the reason you would cast a social media star in a digital or a digitally uh, distributed piece of content is because they can help drive traffic to a buy now button and assuming that enough of that traffic not just hits buy now but they actually purchase the product then you can start to create some real business. So anyway, all of that to say that a lot of these famed YouTubers didn't start out being popular. They just started out saying, okay, well, I'm going to go on YouTube and I'm just going to start creating content consistently over time. And as mentioned, some of these YouTubers did well and are doing great and have built a large audience and a large following and they're thinking about what to do next. So this kind of, in a way, is a parallel to your idea for creating web series. We've seen a few web series that have become, you know, a bit of a breakout hit, 
and they've gone on to other digital platforms um, in their distribution lifecycle. But let's talk about your own web series. When you get the idea that you're going to create a web series, but you're wondering about how to distribute it, I would say the first thing you have to decide is, am I just going to put this thing on YouTube, or do I want to go out into other digital marketplaces? And if you want to go out, if you want to go onto YouTube, then it's pretty flexible. You can do whatever the heck you want. You can upload it, and if you're lucky, you'll find an audience. But the problem with that is I think when people are doing web series on YouTube, at least a lot of the people I talk to, they're not thinking about it the same way you should think about a television episodic. You know, something with high production value that you would see on television. And therein lies the rub because sometimes people will create, uh, let me just give you a quick example. Sometimes I'll, I'll see a web series where episode one is eight minutes long, episode two is 18 minutes long, episode three is like two minutes long, and episode four is like 300 minutes long. I'm exaggerating. But my point being is, if you try to bring that to a guy like me and say, okay, I want to put this on to um, Google, Google Play, for example. I want to put my episodic on the Google Play. I'll look at that and say, okay, well, this is great. Um, and you don't have to take my advice, but I would highly recommend that you deliver this the same way you might deliver a TV episodic, where you have a consistent runtime, where you have a consistent opening credit sequence and a consistent closing credit sequence where this thing looks like it came off of one of the major television networks and now you're just going to put it onto some of these digital platforms. And the, the converse of that, of course, is the majority of the content that I see is actually coming to me and it looks amateurish at best. It's not put together. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of thought to, you know, trying to get it beyond just YouTube. So I, I don't know if I'm making sense here, but, I, but my point being is, if you have a desire to go beyond YouTube or some of the other easily accessible platforms into some of the more prestigious platforms, um, and by the way, I'm not saying anything was wrong with YouTube. YouTube's great. But what I'm trying to say is like there's premium channels out there that really scrutinize your content. One of those in particular is iTunes. If you try to bring a feature film to iTunes, you know, through a company like Distriber, where in full disclosure, I work pretty much full time when I'm not doing this stuff. Um, you're not going to have too many issues getting a feature film on iTunes. But if you come with episodic, quote unquote, television, you know, oftentimes some of these platforms, iTunes in particular, is going to say, well, where's this broadcast in the TV ecosystem? And you're like, well, it just came off of, off of one of these uh, internet outlets. That starts to kind of make it more difficult. And then you make it even more difficult, like I said, if you deliver something that looks amateurish, that doesn't have a consistent opening and closing sequence, something that doesn't have a consistent runtime. So I guess that's my biggest advice to you is if you're creating a web series and you want to distribute it beyond the easy to access platforms, then treat it the same way that you would treat TV episodic. And even when you describe it to people, I wouldn't describe it as a web series. From a distribution standpoint, a web series, when you say that kind of thing, what that screams is, oh, amateur. And, and this may change over time. I'm just saying like today, you know, like we're going to go, we're going to head over to the American film market next week. And there's people there that are trying to take their web series and get it bought by some of these major players. 
But if they're going around saying, I got a web series, I got a web series, it doesn't have the same appeal as saying, like, I have a television episodic. Um, and, and, and by the way, that's, that's the next thing I want to hit on, too. When we're talking about a series, you need at least three episodes uh, for it to be considered a series. Um, and, and this may vary. I'm kind of taking that from, like I said, working with Distriber. But we're looking for three episodes to consider it a series. And once those three episodes go live, you can't come back later and say, okay, I have my fourth episode. I want to tack it on to the three that are already published. It doesn't work that way. Um, to, for example, once you're published in Amazon, you set a price for an episode and you set a price for the series. And some people are going to buy that series. Well, you can't go back in there and tack on another episode. So you do a series of three episodes and then later on you do a series of another three episodes. And you might say, Jason, I, I want to do more than three episodes. I can't really even fit that in. Um, you know, well, then my suggestion to you is think about this like you would think about episodic television. You see a lot of episodic television comes in in packages of 13 episodes, sometimes 10, sometimes 13. Uh, sometimes if it's really, you know, ambitious, you'll get 26 episodes. But it's usually around 13 episodes is considered a series in episodic television. And you can test this. Just go into uh, iTunes or Amazon or, or some of these other platforms and look at how many episodes are in each series that's available for sale in those platforms. So that's definitely something to consider. And then finally, when you decide that you want to bring in your television series, um, make sure you price it the right way. You know, price it in line with other series out there. I, I just mentioned with Amazon, um, with the series, you have the ability to either buy the entire series or you can buy it per episode. And if you hit the switch and turn on Amazon Prime, then your series is going to be available to anybody who has an Amazon Prime account. So I know that's kind of a broad brushstroke overview, but hopefully it gets you thinking about it. Um, bottom line, you want to you want to be pro. You're not creating a web you're not creating a web series. You're creating uh, a television series, and that's the big difference. And there's one more note to keep in mind. I'm also getting a lot of phone calls from would-be uh, series producers that say, "Jason, I made a pilot." I want to take that pilot to Netflix and then see if they're going to pick up the pilot. And if they give me money for the pilot, I'm going to dump that money into the production of all of my other episodes so that I can deliver a full series. And I understand why you're saying that. I mean, that sounds logical and, and you've certainly seen other people go out and do that kind of thing. Um, so if you're going to take that approach, it's not appropriate for you to contact a film distributor you need to get on the production side and you need to get with a showrunner that already has those relationships over at Netflix or whatever your desired outlet is. Because if you just have the pilot and you're looking to get money to produce the rest of your series, then what we're talking about is more of a funding and production side versus a distribution side. And again, I work full time in film distribution. So I get a lot of calls like that where they're like, hey, can you just check out my pilot and see if they'll buy it? And if they do, then I want to produce the rest of my episodes. Working with the distributor, it doesn't work that way. What a distributor is looking for is fully finished product that they can take to market today versus waiting to see whether or not the other episodes are going to be produced. 
So, I, you know, hopefully this is helpful to you. I try to answer as many bullet points as I could about how to distribute a web series uh, beyond just places like YouTube. But if you have additional questions, just go ahead and shoot me an email. I'm Jason at FilmmakingStuff.com. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to listen. Uh, hopefully this is helpful to you. Um, and as always, you know, if you know some other filmmakers that are looking for this type of advice, uh, please recommend uh, this podcast. But more importantly for you, don't wait around. You know, as soon as you're ready to rock and roll, take action and make your movie now. Talk to you again real soon.